Okay, let's do it. All right, everybody, welcome back to Best Star of Their Day. Fern here. I am here with my new found best friend, Nick Smack right. Signal. And uh, so he and I were trading DMs uh, like a week ago? Yeah, about a week ago. Yeah, yeah. about a week ago. And, uh, and I was like, hey, dude, let's just do a podcast because this is, uh, I've had this same conversation four times in the last week. And what we're going to talk about today is purchasing, purchasing a CrossFit gym, which is not a new thing right? Like this is not like a new concept. Uh, however, it is an interesting time. And I think there's a lot of people who are trying to navigate that. And I think you probably fall in one of two categories where you either are, it's kind of like stocks, right? If the, if the market's down, you either look at that as terrifying or you're like stocks are on sale. So I think some people are right. looking at this as an opportunity to take advantage of, a, of, of an opportunity. And some people see it as a, a horrific decision to make. So, um, I brought in. So thanks for your time, brother. I know you're busy. So, um, and, uh, so we're just going to kind of dive in and this is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to let Nick kind of, uh, kind of lead this, I guess, and just kind of ask questions and we'll just kind of sure. walk through it step by step. So, um, first kind of give us a little bit of background about just like you, where you're from. I know you're from the, from the Berg. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, obviously big sports town, big Penguins fans, Steelers, Pirates are a little bit lacking. So maybe not going to touch on that too much but um you know for myself personally started so on that so on that note because i've got a couple of coaches here from pittsburgh do you say power clean or do you say power clean uh it's like it's like power that's right that's right that's right okay yeah. cool <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah just um i guess myself personally started crossfit about three and a half years ago i got my l1 about two years ago wow. then maybe two and a half years ago crossfit pittsburgh Okay. Um, Denise Thomas was my flow master. I had, I had Margo Alvarez. I had Adrian Conway. I, uh, I was geeking out everywhere. That's a strong awesome. crew. That's a strong yeah, crew. Right. And watch them work out on uh, lunchtime and everything too. Yeah. Um, not just, not just strong in their skill set as coaches, but literally right. strong clue, right. strong crew. When we start talking about Adrian. So, well, it wasn't far cool. after he had took down mayhem, um, for the team comp. And I yeah. was like, dude, how was that? Like how awesome. Yeah. It was just really cool for me. I, I, I love that. He's just but, a good um, dude. Yeah, he definitely seems that way, and uh, you know, it's fun to, to get down with those people for sure. Um, so, yeah, now I'm to a point where in my kind of personal CrossFit progression where I'm exploring the possibility of doing it, you know, my way. I've been in other mm -hmm. gyms, and I've seen how they do it, and I've taken notes, and I've learned, and, I, and I'm trying to learn more, always always learning. But, um, you know, is it time to maybe try to do it my way? And exactly mm -hmm. like you said with the COVID thing, you know, stock, stocks fall. To me, that's time to buy. So the, the general maybe consensus on CrossFit and just a brick-and-mortar gym in general right now is probably kind of low. So mm -hmm. I see that as an opportunity to maybe get in the game maybe a little bit cheaper than, than other times, or maybe having a little less barrier to entry than maybe yeah. in a tougher time. Um, and, and that's kind of where we're at. So that's why I DM'd you and kind of asked for your cool. advice. Here we are. Yeah, I dig it. So the, I, I have two questions and we'll, that are kind of like jump off points. And, and the first one is um, just what's your, your current, and we don't have to go too far down this rabbit hole. What's your current thoughts on Native Affairs of CrossFit? Like, what bucket do you fall in? I mean, clearly about to buy an affiliate or you want to buy right. an affiliate. So I feel like you're in. Yes, I'm in and I'm encouraged and I think it's going in. And I think it was doing well despite, like, I, I love Greg and what he did. 
but he did have a tendency to kind of put his foot in his mouth. So I -hmm. think that CrossFit did well, despite him doing that, you know, numerous times throughout the years. Um, And I think it will continue to do well. But now under Eric, I think it's going to thrive. I think the games being forward facing is good because it's going to draw people in. Uh, Glassman always thought that it would kind of push people away, but I actually think it's a draw. That's what really drew me in. I'm a former high school athlete, and then you get done with high school and you kind of have nothing else to kind of stimulate you in that way. And that's where CrossFit comes in. And if you can get it visible on TV, the games, the highest end, the tip of the spear, to me, that's great for the sport, regardless of what, you know, Greg may have thought about that. Cool. Yeah. I tend to fall in camp and, and, and more of a uh, an abundance. It's like, hey, yeah. these things can definitely feed each other. Uh-huh. So why don't we make that happen? Um, right. So, okay, so the second question is, so clearly, uh, very rarely does somebody start to go down this road of thinking about acquiring or opening their own CrossFit gym because they are over-the-top happy about where they are that being said and we don't have to name affiliates or any of that stuff um what is it that you've experienced that you want to do differently that that started that what was kind of like a couple of the nuggets that kind of started this thought to be like well i would do this differently i think i could do this better I mean, one, one big thing would be not, not enlisting enough help, trying to do everything by yourself. I've seen multiple owners doing that and run themselves into the ground, not willing to reach out to, to form a team or not kind of knowing what to do, but then not taking any action to do it. Even if you don't know, then try to learn. I mean, I'm not saying any of this is easy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Providing leadership is a tough thing. Um, that's, that's definitely one thing. Um, you know, I've witnessed a lot of uh, kind of owners catering to the vocal minority and not always doing what's best for the majority. And I'm like, since when did the majority not kind of roll? You're going to have to make some unpopular decisions, I'm sure, along the way. But mm-hmm. you can't just go out and like please one person at the behest of everybody else. You know, I don't see how that makes sense as an owner. Uh, it definitely does it. And, and that's usually, in my experience, <clears throat> this is not a blank statement, it's usually a pretty much easier solution than people think it is, Uh you know, just directly to the source, head that thing off at the pass, solve that person's problem and then move on. Right. um, Is is usually the best option. But uh, this is, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, that scenario usually gets out of hand because somebody, the statement starts like this. Everybody Uh feels like X. (laughs) Right. Right. And it's like, literally, no, that is never the case. It's just like, who is this person? What is their name? I'm going to go talk to them. Then you find out it's like one person in the gym. Uh Um, Okay. And then uh, let me ask you this. What's your, what's your background? Like work? I do low voltage cabling. So I'm in the trades in construction, basically. Got it. Okay. Which is pretty common in kind of that region. Um, Like a bunch of buddies who are electricians and uh, linemen and stuff like that. I I don't want to sit still. You know what I mean? I don't want to sit at a desk all day. So okay. I only ask as a, it's usually a relevant question with regard to um, uh, like personnel management, like how many, like, have you managed people in the past? So yeah, like, I do. What, I yeah. manage crews. Like I'm running, okay. I've been at my job almost 13 years now. So I manage cool. a crew of guys under me. You have to get people to work for you. You have to know yeah. how to move them and keep them intrigued and make them feel like they're all part of it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, is, uh, is that a union based um, I. Yeah, Job? Pittsburgh okay. is huge union. Pittsburgh That's what is I thought. Very, very big union city. So okay. if you're not, and it's kind of tough to get work. So yeah, I am in it. Yeah. Okay, I only ask is like I don't I don't know if that affects. I've never worked in a union uh, structure, so I'm not sure if that affects 
leadership and how you manage people because there's certain things you just have to do it that way but i would imagine that the navy is kind of very similar like it's a big union you're like, probably right yeah kind of right there's okay, a so you're kind, kind of, of order kind of ham sure. yeah kind of hamstrung some certain ways okay so um so obviously you said you're in a discussion so mm-hmm. first question i have is uh or not the first question but some of the following questions how did that initial discussion come about so um i you know um, I talked to my girlfriend, obviously, and she's been very privy to everything that's been going on throughout COVID and everything that I've been seeing people go through. And actually, in my at my house, when gyms shut down, I happen to have a pretty big home gym with a lot of equipment. Um, I also have friends who have a lot of equipment. So we started organizing partner wads at my house outside in my driveway trying to be as like socially distant as we can but i was trying to give my friends and like my closest people uh somewhere to go during covid when there were literally no gyms when you could not go to a gym it wasn't wasn't in existence so we started small and we did like four people then next week it was eight literally we're up to like 20 20 plus people in my driveway you know doing parts throwing (laughs) down and it's a great time man And, and it just kind of made me see that Hmm, you know, if I kind of organize this properly and everyone's kind of looking at me like the figurehead because it's at my house and I'm keeping it fun. And then we have some drinks after and we grill out on the grill and we'll go to this to uh, we'll go in the sprinkler. We'll play in the, the water, you know, water games, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. It was kind of like I'm building my own community and it was pretty neat yeah. kind of concept to me. Um, and I'm like, well, now I kind of want to take that and scale it up into yeah. a, an actual gym that could be something, um, you know not necessarily profitable. I want to be profitable, of course, but I want to at very least be able to provide people somewhere to go. That's a lot of fun. They can have that best hour and like really maintain that. And I've also seen gym owners kind of, as they go through their lifeline, lose track of that, lose track of that best hour idea. And they start thinking too much about dollars and cents and not enough about having fun and the stress of the actual money and having skin Mm -hmm. in the game, I think starts to get to people. Um, So I, uh, I can absolutely empathize with that. And this is one of, not one, it is the biggest pitfall of affiliate owners. And quite frankly, I wish somebody had clubbed me over the head 10 years ago and had this and had a very direct conversation with me. So I'm going to have it with you, which sure. is my recommendation to everybody when they start this is be very wary and, and quite frankly, do everything to avoid that mindset of, I just want people to have a good time and I just want to make sure they have fun because if that is what you want to do, you can do exactly what you were just doing in your garage mm-hmm. and you will be the happiest man on earth and people will have a good time sure. because the second this becomes a business, that mindset will crush you. And at some point you will become salty about this whole thing because you didn't put, and this is, I don't remember what book this is in, but I think this is, I think it's good to great, but it might be, um, uh, built to last, but they're both um, same author, which is escaping me right now. But the idea that customer service and being pragmatic can exist together is nonsense. I can be customer service oriented and run a business that is very, very profitable. And that is what you should strive for because they actually feed on each other. Mm-hmm. So this concept is no different than the games. Those things should not and are not at odds. If you dial them up correctly and you do them well, they both feed each other. If I run a profitable business and I am in fact somebody who just is very giving and want to give back to the community, all that will do will allow you to do is give back more which is how it should work. Mm -hmm. So from the get go, I always tell people like, you have to treat this like a business and you have to make money because if you don't, it will seep 
into your personal life and it will ruin you. Yeah. That is 100% what will happen. Yeah. So it's not that they have to, it's, they, they don't have to be at odds. You should always be thinking of them as the same thing. Okay. okay. How do I simultaneously create a healthy, profitable business that makes money and serves me? Because this is going to suck a lot out of you. Mm -hmm. Meaning like it's going to take a lot of your time. It's going to take a lot of your emotion. It's going to take a lot of your money. It needs to give back to you. That's what businesses are for. Otherwise stay in your garage or, or start a nonprofit, which is right. a whole different discussion. And that doesn't mean that you're selfish. It means that you're smart, right? You know, a, a perfect example is Eric. He just bought CrossFit because he like wants this thing to thrive. Right. And he's going to put yeah. a lot of time and money and effort into it, but he wouldn't have been able to do that. Has he not been running a profitable business before? Right. So right. this is something that I just, I really wish somebody would, because I was the same person who's just like, I don't care if it makes money. And that always like the, the antennas go up and I'm like, no, that you have to rid that. You have to shed yourself of that mindset immediately because that cannot be the case. And that doesn't mean that you're like this greedy asshole who's like, I'm just going to rake everybody over the coals for money. But you do have to look at your business and be like, hey, what kind of profit margin is this thing running? Am I paying myself? What is the profit margin after that? And if you're talking about building a team like you were before, well, that costs money. Mm -hmm. like you're going to have to pay people to come in and start to fill those slots, which means, hey, if the, if the revenue is not there, guess what? You're the guy. And then whatever it is, six months or five years or three years or whatever, you're the guy who's super salty, grumpy, just like every other gem owner right. who's doing it right. poorly now, not because they don't care anymore, because they're just burnt to the core. Mm -hmm. So just be careful of that. Um, conversation the other day uh, when they were asking me about, uh, should I get, um, should I, it was two questions. The guy, the guy who's down in Texas, but it doesn't matter. He said, should I get the business evaluated and should I get a lawyer? And I said, if you're not willing to do those two things on the front end, you should not buy this business because yeah. you're already treating it like it's not a business. So yeah. treat it like it's a business. If you're not willing yeah. to like make a financial investment and treat this thing and get it evaluated and get a lawyer to make all these things, then already you're going down the wrong path. And he was like, good point. And I'm like, I'm trying to help you out, bro. Like, yeah, so. yeah. That's the first thing right there before you go any further. Just that mindset needs to be there is that like, hey, I want this thing to thrive, which means it's got to make money, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I, like uh, I, li I, I did listen today. I, I went back and I found your podcast with uh, John Briggs. Yep. Uh, and I listened to that and that that's the so I have I own profit first for micro gyms, but I only just got it. Like literally, this is my I started this all this week, this journey, cool. you know, that's awesome. Week. So I have it. I haven't read it yet, but I did listen to that podcast and he talks about that, how you need to take some sort of a, a profit, even if it's 1%, you know, right away, you guys talked about that in there just yep. so you got something in there. And I really liked that. That was very profound for me. And that was literally just learned that today. So, um, you know, we're very new to the journey and, and that's um, cool. So, and so I would go back to listen to uh, his and then I, the, the most recent one I had did with, uh, with Mike McCallowitz who wrote I, Profit I First, that one. Yeah. That one um, that, and that was cool for me because that guy legitimately kind of like changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Fix This Next is another very interesting concept mm -hmm. uh, with regard to like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the business and all that stuff. So do all that stuff. And on that note, uh, I mean, I typed this email out today. As you go through this process, my other advice to you would be like, in no way, shape or form, should you feel in a hurry or pressured to mm -hmm. do it? Take your time. Okay. Because you'll make a bad decision if you don't. So I mean, if, I, it, if it takes six months, it takes six months. Right. 
Right. I guess I, I don't have a timeline because of that. I kind of am in that mind freight. And, and um, um, I, I just keep hearing like, I, you, you know, from you guys a lot is like get everything written down or like specifics written down as much as possible. So you've take care of, taken care of that before mm. you even go into business. So when these situations kind of arise, you've already accounted for it. Obviously, there are things you can't account for. And, and that's kind of what makes it fun sometimes. But, um, you know, it, it's also the thing that you lose the most sleep over that that oh shit I didn't do this beforehand yeah and now I'm here we're here at this crossroads and I am yeah. fully unprepared for this uh, and it's just a not, it's just the worst place to be as a business owner it just like yeah. you just feel like you're drowning uh, and it's and it's terrifying and it's gonna be the thing that'll like make you age so yeah, yeah. Uh, okay so you start having the conversation so what in general is is this owner are they trying to get out or, or is it a, is it going to be a full buyout? Is this a percentage buyout or, or are you still in the conversation about that? For, for me, um, I'm not, I'm not looking to uh, buy anybody out. I want to start my own situation basically. So you're going to start so, from scratch. Yeah. Ideally, okay. yeah, yeah. Which is obviously a lot harder, but I do have friends who are owners <laughs> who I've reached out to, to kind of pick their brains. And, and, uh, you know, a couple of my friends have been willing to sit down. I've actually had sit down conversations and just pick their brain and kind mm -hmm. of, you know, I don't, I didn't even know what insurance a CrossFit gym, you know, gets, um, sort of like liability insurance on your, I, I don't know. And, and that's yeah. the thing too, it's like, you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. So, you know, I don't even know all the right questions to ask. Cause I don't know what I don't know, you know, Got it. So my first, my first few answers there would be either affiliate guard or uh, the RRG. Um, yeah. To, to my knowledge, the RRG, they're, they're very in line. I don't know if they're exactly the same, so I'm not going to say that they are, but the uh, RRG can be a little bit more pricey. Okay. Um, but affiliate guard's great. Um, Vaughn and those guys, actually, I need to have them on the podcast, but Vaughn and those guys are good. Um, okay. So then I'm right. So then the, yeah. So then the second <laughs> question is the second question, or I keep saying second first, like those are the first and second questions. The, right. the next question would be, is there demand, right? So like geographically, I don't know what the affiliate map kind of looks like in your area. And then have you started looking at that to try to figure out what is this going to cost me? Sure. So um, the, there was, so just to give you some backstory during COVID, we probably had three or four gyms in my local area closed down. Um, like permanently. Yeah. Yeah. Shut, okay. shut doors. Yeah. Did not reopen. I mean, okay. it, it's sad, sad to me because I want to, you know, even though I'm trying to get in the space, I still want everyone to do well. And and like you guys, I'm the same say, way. there's enough juice for everybody, right? Yeah. If I'm only taking a hundred or 200 members in a, in a town that has 50, 100, 200,000, that's not, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to, to impede on anyone else so there there is demand there definitely is is demand um and as long as i would pick an area where i'm not right on top of one of the others there's a couple uh bigger gyms in our area that really do it well and, and are more than just crossfit um they do the yoga they do the boxing they do the you know every whatever you can think yeah. of they offer it all and it's all under their <laughs> umbrella i wouldn't want to be anywhere near one of them because they would put me out quick you know what i okay. mean and they have their following i don't want to be right up the street from someone like that you know yeah stuff like that. So I'm um, trying to be strategic and there are obviously areas around the city where there's more affluent areas, but also your rent's going to be higher. So you're kind of, you know, do I want to try to get into one of those? I'm a big believer in location visibility. I would love to be able to open my garage door and I'm right on some sort of a main drag or some sort of an area where people are driving by a lot because mm -hmm. then it kind of markets itself and I don't have to, you know, the idea would be I don't have to market as much or do as much outside marketing. Um, so it's, it's going to be tricky to find a location. And I think that's going to be the hardest thing to do. 
yeah. uh, to find like that, what I would consider that perfect location or that really ideally good location. Obviously, I don't want to be too big, but don't want to be too small. I want to have room to expand, running somewhere and parking, yeah. you know, issues like that. Trying to take everything into account, you know. What my general guidance there is like, for sure, location is a thing. However, you're not a retail facility. Right. right. So I'm not going to discount location because I know there's some gyms that smash it, quite frankly, purely on location because mm-hmm. um, everything else is not great. The, the flip side of that is you're going to pay and mm-hmm. you're, and you're going to pay something to the tune of double what you would pay in rent for like a warehouse or an industrial right. area. So, uh, you know, we've been in an industrial plex for 10 years. Uh, and what I would tell anybody is that while location does matter, what matters far more is your presence with regard to blog writing, social media and all, and then how good you are at your, because example, there's a guy that I've been seeing for like 10 years. Who's uh, he's a neurokinetic osteopath. He's like a, the way I would explain it. He's like a chiropractor on, uh, like the incredible Hulk steroids. Like he's yes, a man. Okay. It's a joke. We call him the shaman in 10 years. I've never had something he couldn't fix. Yeah. And, um, this dude is in the back office of a real estate office. Nobody knows who he is, but this guy's so damn good at what he does that you cannot get in to see him unless you are basically referred to by somebody else. Mm. So you can overcome all of that by just being amazing because, and, and having some things in place that would capitalize on that, right? First, I got to be good. Then I have to have some systematic things that would capitalize on me being good, right? Which is things like a referral program, um, a, a systematic way to do like bring a friend week, stuff like that, right. which, is, yeah. which doesn't cost me anything, right? It's yeah. all free, right? And I don't need to run ads or do any of that other stuff because most people do it like shit anyway. Um, <laughs> So you don't, I wouldn't necessarily go for that, like location, location, location. I would prove your salt first, then think about moving and potentially getting a different location. You're just going to leverage yourself too much. Yeah. Right. Particularly because, uh, I, I, at least for some duration, you're going to have to do this in conjunction with your day job. Yes. Until, yeah. until maybe you get to the point where you're just like, all right, well, this is great. I'm leaving, you know, I'm leaving yeah. that and I'm going to do the gym full time. So you definitely won't don't want to be leveraged to the hills and have, you know, whatever eighty percent of your revenue go to rent. Like that's right. just going to oh, be a no, rough, a rough yeah. life. So, um, I I kind of get people to shy away from big spaces and and prime location if it's their if if their if their initial mm-hmm. kind of entryway is yeah. is where they're going unless they have significant capital that they're using from something else or they're a real estate person and they have like then by all means like leverage all the things you have. But most people I'm like you got to do it. Not necessarily on the cheap, but you, you need to be financially responsible. So uh, it matters, but not necessarily as much as everybody thinks. There's a lot of ways to work around that. So, um, and then have you started to kind of, do you have a real estate agent or somebody have, you know that could start looking? Yeah. Like I have a friend kind of in real estate. We've been doing like the Google search looking around. And then uh, I, I just found out recently that another friend's like father is actually in the where kind of the warehouse game in the so we're going to reach out to him and see if he's uh, on to anything, you know, that would possibly work for us or something cool. coming up or whatever. So on that, go back and listen to, uh, I, I think it's my second interview with um, Jeff uh, Westmoreland. 
who yeah. CrossFit Legal Action Group. We did it. We did it literally in an hour and twenty minute podcast solely on this signing a lease. There's okay. a it's in there. So that one has all the stuff we should have known ten years ago because um, I've made a lot of mistakes on that one. <laughs> um, okay, so what kind of questions do you have for me? So I mean, I've been kind of peppering you here for for a little bit. Yeah, no, you're fine. That that's fine. I I love it. But uh, I, you know, the 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 main the the main question, I guess, first and foremost, just would you would you if you were me, you know, put yourself in my shoes, right? And COVID and CrossFit going crazy, and we don't know the future and all this stuff. Would would you open a gym right now? Do you think it's possible? Would you do it? Uh, I'm gonna try to think of how I want to answer this so I can clearly illustrate my thoughts on this. So. The first thing is, the answer is it depends. And so I'm not going to punt this question, but I do want to elaborate on it a little bit. So I would, if everything made sense, I would not if it didn't, right? So that's a, that's a real fluffy way of saying like, I don't have a fucking answer, right? Yeah. Um, this is also an interesting question. I, and I try to be really forthcoming with this. And I was talking to, uh, have like a lot of like retired uh navy seals and stuff here and they're just all and and just do you guys hear but I, one guy uh he's a great dude and uh he retired after like 24 years or something like that in the team and then one day we were at breakfast or something like that i was like would you do it again and he was like probably not he's like if i knew if he's like if i knew then what that was going to take he was like i would have never done it and right. to some degree, ignorance is bliss and it can be very beneficial. And I would actually probably like very honestly, if I was to rewind 10 years and I was going to walk into myself's office 10 years ago and be like, this is all the bullshit that you're going to deal with. I don't know that I would do it. Mm -hmm. Now, in that same breath, I would also say I wouldn't do it any differently. Yeah. It's just a learning process, right? right. So I guess this is a, a weird roundabout saying of, uh, way of saying, uh, you, I think everybody should a assess just like, what is the scenario that I'm dealing with? And have I, it's like, have I bounced this off enough people that are smarter than me and done my due diligence? So this is the mistake that I made repeatedly over many, many, many years is like, I just assumed that that was the answer. And I never asked anybody to say, hey, is this correct? Am I being a moron? And please tell me no if you think this is dumb. Because the, the initial answer might be no, but that doesn't mean the overall answer is no. The answer might be no to that space. Right. Or it might be no to this contract. It doesn't mean it's a no. It just means pump the brakes until it works better for you. Right. And, um, you know, and most of the mistakes I've made with regard to businesses have all fallen in that bucket, which was hasty. You did it too quickly and you didn't do your due diligence because you're like, shiny thing, that looks amazing, yeah. I'm going to go do it. Instead of just saying, is that really what I want to do or am I being distracted by things? Sure. You know, we tried to start a, a, an additional, like a third business last year in 2019, failed miserably. It was what it was. And when I went back and reevaluated, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I got shiny object syndrome, you know, <laughs> and lost a shitload of money. Yeah. And it is what it is. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't recommend that and I wouldn't want to do it again. But what I gained from that, I probably couldn't pay enough money for that, for that sure. lesson. You know, so I think it's, I, think it's I, don't, I don't know if I would do it right now because quite frankly, like I haven't been in that space, like looking to purchase something. Mm -hmm. All I would tell somebody is like, 
pull the lawyer in, pull the accountant in, pull yeah. all of those people in, and there's going to be some common themes there. And you're going to let all of the information tell you whether yeah. you should do that or not in combination with like running it through a couple of personal filters. Like, do I actually have the time for this? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't kind of know what your work schedule is, but like, that's a real question. Sure. Because if you're working a 40 hour work week, well, now you're working a 70 hour work week. Right. You know? Right. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't know. You tell me if that's a fair answer or not. I don't know. No, 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 I, I agree. And I, and I think there's some good takeaways from that. And uh, I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like I'm in that kind of phase of I'm looking at locations. I'm seeing how much things are going to cost and I'm putting all these numbers together to see if it's going to make sense. I'm trying to assemble a team around me that I know there are people I can count on and then kind of test them throughout the process or kind of get more familiar with them and, and make sure everybody's on board and really wants to do this before you just dive right in. Um, so stuff like that. So I think I'm in that kind of that vetting process that early on, you know, I don't have a location yet. I don't have a real solid plan. We're just kind of yeah. getting it all together and i want to see if maybe it can make sense. And I think if it does, you know, we're going to go through and obviously I really want it to make sense, but I think you're right. I have to be honest with myself. And if mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense, like no, or, you know, revamp or try it a different way or whatever it may be. I think so. There's definitely some things that you would should do your due diligence on if I'm acquiring a business, which is what, which is like most of the conversations that I'm having right now with people. But you could use the same information if you were going to just start from scratch. So I don't know what your relationship with any of the affiliate owners in that area is. Um, but sometimes an easy solution to this is just offer to sign it to sign an NDA and say, look, um, I'm, I would like to ask you for, for some information and if the, geographically, the further away you can get from somebody, the, the more likely they might be to do this if you sign an right. NDA and, uh, and maybe just basically get something that their, their P and L just be like, Hey, listen, can I take a look at your books? Cause I'm trying to figure out like what the actual no shit cost of running this business is going to be. Mm-hmm. You can do it. Like if you could do all the legwork and figure it out, but it's, it's, it's still going to be a swag at best. Right. And then take what they have and you can bounce that off of comps for, for real estate. Like, is there, what is the contract going to look like? Water, utilities, all that other stuff. What do they pay in payroll? Like what, how many hours do those people work versus how much the owner work? Um, and, and you could start to get a really, really good picture of like, okay, well, this is legit what it's going to cost me. Can I, can, what's it going to, how long is it going to take me to get that amount of revenue in the door? Mm-hmm. Right. And then. Um, something that I talked about, which I found there was shitty audio on this one. So I'm kind of pissed, but the, uh, I just did one a week ago with the, uh, yeah, yeah. The, um, the 10 mistakes. Yeah. I, I like, it was a great episode, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, somebody was like, Hey, the audio on that was like this yes. clicky and stuff. I'm like, God damn it. Um, so the is really take some time to figure out like what you want your business to look like and how you want it to work. Meaning like, how do I want to bring people? in to be clients what do i want to sell them like Mm -hmm. is it just group class and i have no interest in personal training do i want to do some sort of pt first model uh is it foundations only um but these are all the things that if you take the time to figure them out on the front end you'll be so much better served to when you open up that door like everything just runs and you can make small little tweaks instead of reinventing the wheel every month Yeah. That's what a lot of people end up doing. And, yeah. and realistically, I would tell you, I mean, I'm redoing that right now and I'm 10 years in and that process probably takes no less than six months to go through. Yeah. 
And, and this yeah. is from, and this is from somebody who, I mean, I definitely don't have it all figured out, but like have a lot of things in place right. already. So some of it right. I'm, I'm, I'm getting rid of, I'm scratching together. And some of them I'm, uh, doing it completely differently the second time. So, right. but it still takes a lot of thought and effort and should, because you're going to spend a lot of time there. And if you don't design something and try to build something that you love, mm. you probably inevitably will hate it. Yeah. I think that's really good advice and really well said. Um, uh, you know, um, so yeah, just like kind of pro uh, profit first talks about how like no, no financially stable gyms are only offering CrossFit only. I would not be looking to offer CrossFit. I definitely mm. would do PT nutrition services at least right yeah. away and try to expand that offering as, as we go and build our kind of reputation. Yeah. Um, and so then that would have a light to fall on question because who's going to do all of those? How am I going to do them? Right. Because right. that's, that's more overhead, right? So it's personnel, right. which is, which is great. Like the more PT you can bring in or the more um, teammates you can bring in uh, the better. Um, the one thing I would recommend, particularly for somebody who's a newer is, and you can probably outline most of these things and I'm happy to give them to you. Sure. Um, is I would look at getting a VA probably within the first two months of so virtual assistant. So I did a podcast with uh, Matt Albrizio from forever fierce about this. Yeah. And uh, I've been using one for the, like the past three months and I've tried to use one in the last, and I talk about this in that podcast too, but yeah, the, about it, yeah. you, it can make you so productive and, and relieve you of the things that will be your nightmare, particularly upon startup, which is just like all Responses and little things within the business because most of the things that need to happen on the back end, like everybody already knows what they are. Like anybody's running a gym, like I need these five things or I need whatever. Right. Need this right. If you can get all that teed up at first, this is how go back to where we were a minute ago, which is provide an amazing experience. And you start bringing in these referrals because you're just awesome from day one. And you can avoid the burnout syndrome from the person who is trying to do email follow-ups and right. doing the accounting right. and trying to run social and doing all that. Um, a really good way. It's pretty clear that that's the business because very, very financially feasible. Okay. So something yeah. to consider. Yeah. Right. And I, I only just recently heard you talking about that. I never knew about that until recently, like the virtual assistant thing. I heard you mention it in one of the more recent ones you were talking about your virtuals. And I was like, Oh, that's a I, I Yeah. I talked about it with Matt. Um, I, and I tried it years ago cause I read it in Tim Ferriss's book in four mm -hmm. and right. then I failed because I didn't really understand it. I didn't really know what they should be doing and how they should be doing it and how to train them, how to, um, and then Matt kind of turned me back onto it and I started doing some digging and then I found out there's all sorts of people out there that are using it. I talked to, uh, uh, Nathan holiday and he's the same one using one for a long time. Uh, mm -hmm. and then typically what you find out is these people that you think are, and that they're not uber productive because they are productive. But a lot of these people they are like, dude, these people sleep, they sleep a lot. <laughs> they sleep plenty because they got somebody else doing a lot of those things for them, which is part yeah. of the whole leveling up process of being an entrepreneur. So, right. Right. No, that makes sense. Uh, I will say one thing with regard to that. The VA is a not a, um, how do I say this? This is not a get out of jail free card to punt all of the shit that you don't want to learn yeah. to do. Yeah. And that's a super important aspect of that is you should be fully versed at that task so that you can teach them how to do it first and then hand it off. And what right. I tried to do was I was just like, I don't want to do this bullshit. I don't know how to right. do it. You do it. And it would did not go well. So right. 
and a lot of people will make that mistake. It, it is not a, a, an opportunity for you to punt right. on things that you don't know how to do. Like you should right. learn them, particularly if you're, you know, uh, in the startup phase of that, like you should be kind of a master of all, you know, sorry, a jack of all trades and a master of none. So, right. No, I, I, I agree with that. Um, for, for sure. Um, uh, I guess, uh, the, the next question, I mean, I've listened to, you have your 10 biggest mistakes and yep. you guys, uh, there's actually a previous one with you and, and Ackerman where you guys also talked about some other mistakes you made, but mm. what would be, what would be like the single biggest piece of advice that you'd give, give someone looking to buy a gym, either both, you know, now during COVID or just in general, you can either answer that both ways as during COVID, what would be a good piece of advice or just as an in general, what's like the single biggest kind of piece of advice you tell anyone trying to, to get into the gym space? I would. So a, I don't think it matters whether it's pre COVID or not. I think the process yeah. would, would, would be the same. It, again, if we use the stocks analogy, it, it's mm -hmm. kind of, you know, whether you're going to buy stocks, whether they're down or they're up um, is kind of irrelevant because you probably shouldn't be buying stocks unless you know anything about the stock market anyway. Right. Like, as unless I understand how it all <laughs> right. works. So with that analogy, what I would say is like, I don't think that matters. You could probably just get it at a cheaper price if you were going to acquire, maybe do a startup because real estate is probably going to do a little bit of a dip here for a while. Sure. Um, but I would probably just reiterate what I said earlier is you have a very distinct advantage starting this process now in 2020 than mm. morons like me did in 2009 right. when I was just like, how hard could it be? You know? Um, turns out real fucking hard, you know? Um, so I, you know, do your due diligence. You know, I, I got an email yesterday uh, and I, we were kind of talking about this beforehand where I got a little grumpy because they were just like, oh, we hadn't thought of that. And I was just like, God damn it. I was yeah. like, email me, call me. I will tell you these things. Like it's, it's like there, there's no, there's no reason and quite frankly, no excuse to make some of these mistakes at this point. There's been enough gym acquisitions. There's been enough people. 15,000 people started affiliates, probably 20,000 at the quite right. frankly. Right. So, you know, people don't have that excuse anymore. So it's like, well, I didn't know any better. And I was like, well, then you just didn't want to know. You right. Know? You're ignorant or whatever. You're, right? Yeah. You're willfully ignorant at this right. point, which yeah. is, which is, which is probably uh, a foreshadowing of your future in the industry. Right. So it's just like, you know, it's like, Hey, ask around. And then when you think you have all the answers, ask again, and then, yeah. and then go to a different resource and see what they say. So, you know, there's, there's a ton of stuff out there. There's, you know, I'm trying to think there's mad labs, there's two brain, you know, uh, Stu's got yeah. what the fuck gym talk. There's, um, yeah. you know, Marcus was, do, but and all his content is still out there. It was doing barbell logic and gym breakthrough. Um, I'm trying to think of what else, um, there was another one, like a, there's an Aussie guy. I don't remember what his name, but like affiliate something, not affiliate solution. So like you're talking solution. about like a, like a mentor program almost something like that. But I mean, there's a lot of this information that you could yeah. get for free. Like you could get right. most of this stuff, right. you know, and then, then you, you'll at least be armed with right. the ability to ask the right questions. Yeah. You know? So that, that's what I would tell is like, Hey, you know, and then call up a number of affiliate owners and, and call the, you know, just literally cold call and cold email people who are, who you are like, Hey, you know, I'd like to get five minutes of your time and they might tell you to piss off who knows, yeah. but like, whatever, like it, you know, it's worth it, you know, shoot your shot. Right. You know, like, I mean, you DM'd me and I was like, fuck yeah, let's right. do a podcast, you know? Right. So 
A friend um, of mine you know, like DM'd he, uh, James Hobart, and he and he responded as well, like saying, yeah, uh, someone so else in it, our kind of crew it, here, our group, you know, it's great. Exactly. So, you know, and another great resource. I mean, he's involved in multiple gyms in the Boston right. area and, and, right. and, and basically married to Austin. So, you know, like those, like that's, that would be my advice <laughs> is like, Austin. you got to do your homework. Like you, right. there is no excuse to just blindly walk in and be ignorant at this point. Like all the, most of the mistakes have been made yeah. and most of them you can find if you do a yeah. minimal amount of digging on the internet. So that's what I would say. And, and, and we could all probably agree. Like the CrossFit community is like one of the more generous communities yeah. on planet earth. Like very sure. few people are going to be like, no I'm time for you, bro. Like, like right. you know, so right. that, that is what I would do. And, um, and I would do that. So I would probably one, do it three times as many times as I thought was necessary. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, I, I, I and in the accessibility is there. It's like you said, there's kind of no excuse not to, right? The, the people are accessible. I think uh, there's been a message sent to Jason Kalipa as well. I mean, we're going for like the heavy hitters in the space and they're responding and that's kind of crazy to me. Like it kind of blows my mind a little bit, but it's also speaks to the community and how great yeah. it is. And then, and then the only other thing is I would, I would zoom out with with all of those people with me with Kalipa with whoever you talk to and just ask yourself some very basic questions about it be like what about this person or this entity resembles me mm -hmm. right been pretty vocal about this and I, and I and I don't have any beef with anybody but it is relevant like context matters mm -hmm. you know a, a lot of people look at like the Jason Kalipas and the Ben Bergerons and they're wildly successful and I'm all for that like good up for good for you guys but not everybody's going to be able to do that like there's some right. things they have that are at their advantage you know um which is just notoriety and fame right and however you feel about that like it is what it is and it's a lever that if you've got it you should pull it I that's how I feel about it right so is that something I rep can replicate? Is the model they're using what I want to do? Or am I doing that because everybody says that it's works, but that's not really how I want to do my gym. Right. You know, you've got to be true to yourself. I yeah. Guess. You got to be true to yourself and then go find the person who's successful that looks like what you want to look like or who looks mm -hmm. like you and go talk to that person. Now, regardless of who the, like all of those different variables, there's going to be a lot of overlap, right? Like, Successful mm -hmm. businesses or successful businesses. I don't care mm -hmm. if we're running a pizza shop or running a CrossFit gym. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But I do want to find those, those common pillars of successful businesses. And then what I want to do is then I want to find the one that I want to look like or that looks most like me and then try to yeah. replicate that to find out like what it is about them that they're being successful with. So yeah, that yeah. would be my like very long winded answer about like what I would do. So so like a short follow-up on that would be so like these things that are like you know a two brain mentor or something you know would you recommend somebody it's a paid service obviously any of these ones these more um um the the bigger ones and they're not just going to give away all their the secrets to the castle for mm -hmm. free whatever would you recommend so say someone like me as a startup um would you recommend somebody doing that when do i do that do i do that on day one should i have already done that should i be doing that or or do hey, you not recommend those at all or no, no. I mean, I've done almost all of them. You know, I just, I've done uh, multiple, I've done two brain. I did two brain twice. I'd have done, uh, I worked with Marcus Gersey when he was at Barbell Logic. And then when he did Jim Breakthrough, I'm currently working with um, Sean Pastuch. So no, no, I'm, I'm fully on board with like, listen, don't feel like you know the answers because you don't. Uh, now, 
when and how you do that, it's kind of up to you. And it goes back to the question is like, I don't know. I don't know if you could afford it, but if you want it, this is kind of like the weird, if you want to get like all Tony Robbins on people. Yeah. If you want it, you'll figure out a way to afford it. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just like, Hey, if that's the house of your dreams, but you need $10,000 tomorrow, my chance, my guess is that you'd find $10,000 by tomorrow. Right. You'd be like, right. Um, dad, like, here's what I'm going to do. And they'd be like, here's a check, like whatever. So yeah, I mean, the, it, the, I've never being smart is like being strong. Like nobody has ever been like, God, I wish I wasn't so smart. Like right. that, nobody, like not one human being on the face of the earth is like, man, right. I wish I didn't know all this stuff. Right. Uh, so yeah, like the more things you can arm yourself with to, to be educated about doing that and try to lean and learn off of other people's experiences. Like I am all for it. Right. You just have to factor it in. Like, can I, like, where does this factor in? And like my purchase, the sale, what can I afford? Like how much time do I want to spend going through all this process? Yeah. And then by all means do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not against any of that stuff. Okay. Um, I got another, another question, I guess, on ownership in general, what are your thoughts on, on partnerships other than just a solo owner, uh, bringing someone else into the fold? I know very few of them are successful because most gyms don't make enough money to support two owners. But so I do know, what if, I do yeah, know a couple. Ahead. I do know so a couple. What, what if you go into it with very, uh, you know, you, you understand that you're, you're probably not going to make any money at first, right? I mean, they say five years for a small business. Sometimes I, I have a family in the small business and they said it took them 10 before they were profitable. Now they're 15 in and they're doing very well, but it took mm -hmm. 10 years to get there. You know what I mean? Um, if you have no expectation of profit, um, you split it 50, 50, you understand that you guys are both, um, going to be handling the brunt of the load. Um, this person would ideally also be at, at least an L one. So someone who also could pick up the coaching. The, the reason why I'm asking this mm -hmm. is because I've seen the people that have driven themselves into the ground and it falls on up. Somebody called off the coach. Now it's on you stuff like that mm -hmm. staffing issues. And to me, it looks like, Oh, well that that's someone else that could, pick up that part of it. It's also someone else that maybe is better at things that I'm not, and we could divide and conquer. Um, you know, if you do it right, you know, is, is that such a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing. So I'm not against partnerships. I just know typically if we're talking about the CrossFit space as a niche, mm -hmm. most gyms don't do, don't make enough or turn enough to support two owners. So it's like, Hey, be profitable. Um, and then you can just pay people to do those things. Right. But if we're both trying to pull off of this thing and, and, and then this contract or this expectation wasn't very clearly on day one, you know, and yeah. we talk about like, where do we want to be? Not just this year, but like in 10 years, like, what the fuck do you want out of this thing? Like, do you just want to be a passive owner? Like, do you want to pull $5,000 yeah. a month? Like you have to have those like real, like having a conversation with your spouse, just like, how do you feel yeah. about money? Do you like yeah. kids? Like what, you know, like whatever, yeah, you know, right. so like have all those super uncomfortable conversations because you might come to that realization and be like, this isn't going to work. You know, mm -hmm. like, are, like, how do you feel about like me calling you up at uh, 5 45 AM be like, you got the 6 AM bro. Cause you're yeah, closer. Right. And so right. then nobody showed up. And right. they're like, and they're like, fuck that. I'm not doing it. And we're like, then this probably isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Right. You know, right. I, practically it, it's very seldom successful in this space. Mm -hmm. partnerships are a thing. And in a lot of instances, like it would, it's not even a bad idea to give up equity of a company. If that makes sense to bring in somebody who fills a gap in your business, right. but generally not in the CrossFit space. Okay. Okay. So, um, so I, so a question on, um, kind of like, you know, obviously I'm starting up, I'm trying to put everything together. Um, what are your thoughts on like a business plan? How much, I know you, I know every business needs a business plan. That's not mm -hmm. really a question, but how much stock do you put into a business plan? How much time should I spend on this when 
my my general thought is like it's something that could you know secure your SBA loan, all that good stuff. But after like you know a few months, people seem yeah. to just talk them out the window. So yeah, how much time do I spend on that? It's a tool if you're trying to get money. It's probably a must. Um, yeah. You probably have to do it. But from the standpoint of like spinning up and running your business, not really. But you do need to spend some time running your business. So not in the sense of a traditional business plan. Mm-hmm. Probably not a ton, but you should go through that process of like, what do I want it to look like? What kind of like, what sure. is the vision? So it's like kind of like a softer version of a, of a business plan. You should absolutely do that. And that's what I was referring to earlier about like, you should spend some time like ironing out like, what the hell do I want this to look like? And so that is kind of a business plan. The sure. business plan, people just tend to make it really rigid. Um, and there is no business plan that I'm aware of. This so it's like right. CrossFit gym, you know, where people, somebody's come up with a good model for that. You know, unfortunately Marcus isn't doing it anymore, but I thought Marcus Gersey was one of the best at like, ironing out that whole fucking shit show of just right. like what do you want you know yeah so yeah. Um, um so yeah i mean and, and like even on sba.gov there's uh they have like a short or a short form business plan and a long form kind of depending what you're kind of trying yeah. to do so it sounds like if you're not necessarily trying to get funding then you could go with that short form short form's fine, fine yeah. what you're trying and to you do. might not need it at all like you might want to go to the bank and be like what do you guys need and they're like we're gonna need a business plan I'm like do you have one that you use and they're like yes use this one i'm like all right well fuck we just skip that whole process of me googling okay. the ends at the ends of okay. the internet so um well listen man i don't want to cut this short but i do have to run to class um we may do a follow-up on this but I hope it's been helpful, dude. Uh, dude, it's been great. I, I seriously appreciate your time. This is getting me cool. more excited and I just want to learn more. <laughs> cool, dude. Well, listen, I'm happy to do a follow-up offline on any of this stuff. So if you have any more yeah. questions, shoot them over my way, dude. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope other people find this helpful because this is a question that's going around quite a lot and people are having questions yeah. about. So I hope you guys uh, found this uh, uh, helpful and good luck either way, brother. I'm wishing you the yeah. best. Thanks for having me. I'll see you in August, I think. All right, bro. All right, Fern. Take care, man. See ya. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor, head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself. Hit us up, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at besthouroftheirday. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Best hour of their day.